Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Duke Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Oh, baby, Taco Tuesday. But I don't have any tacos. Dang it. I mean, you know, guys... Well, I guess no day is perfect. Welcome to the program, and thanks for coming in and joining us. It is uh, the Michael Duke Show, broadcasting live across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator, and, of course, around the world at MichaelDukeShow.com on the interwebs. Uh, yes, the interwebs. Uh, that's where you'll find uh, at MichaelDukeShow.com the audio-only live stream, the Links to our social media sites where we love to simulcast the radio show every morning. And, of course, links to our podcast, which is available wherever podcasts are found. Uh, CastBox, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, uh, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, CastBox, and, uh, of course, Spotify. Uh, Good morning, my friends. Uh, Good morning. How how are you doing? Are you ready for it? It is Tuesday. Tuesday. Tuesday morning. <clears throat> and apparently, I'm a little too full of vim and vigor for some of you out there this morning. I apologize. I'll tune it, I'll turn it down just a little bit. Let me just turn it back just a No, it's Tuesday. It's it's time to go. Let's get I mean, we are only mm-hmm. Let me do the math here. We are only 19 days away from Christmas. Nine, no, 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 19, 19, 19 days away from Christmas. And uh, I've hope, I hope, <clears throat> I hope you got all your Christmas shopping done. I hope you got all your Christmas shopping done and you're ready to, because you know, you don't want to wait to the last minute. You don't want to wait to the last, I mean, you know, I do have happy memories of uh, going out. Uh, I remember my dad uh, taking my brother and I out um, on Christmas Eve to do some shopping for, you know, my mom and and stuff like that. I do remember that. Um, And uh, I remember that was a tradition for, I don't know, my dad's in the chat room, maybe he could tell me, but it was at least a a handful of years. He would take my brother and I out and we (laughs) we would go shopping on Christmas Eve for mom. Um, and, um, I just can't imagine that now, quite honestly, I can't imagine wanting to go out on Christmas Eve and do some shopping. I mean, even throughout the day, you know what I mean? Just because, Oh, what a hot mess. I want to be, I want to be home for Christmas Eve, like the whole day. I don't, I don't want to go anywhere. I don't want to do anything. I just want to be with the fam and hang out. Uh, I want to have all those presents wrapped and ready to go under the tree or hidden in the closet, or wherever, whatever you're doing with your Christmas presents, I want to have all that stuff ready and done so that by Christmas Eve, I can do nothing but absorb, just soak myself in Christmas music, maybe a little homemade eggnog, 
you know, just hanging out, watching, uh, you know, watching It's a Wonderful Life uh, or Elf or something else that just, you know, I, I just I just want to get it done. So you get 19 days. Well, that's Christmas Day. So you got 18 days till Christmas Eve. So really, you get 17 days because if you want to be done the day before Christmas Eve, you know, you, you want to, you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. Um, and so, uh, you, yeah, you got, you don't, you don't have, you don't have much time, my friends. You don't have much time. <clears throat> 17 days before your shopping should be absolutely, completely finished. Boom. Done. Just like that. 17 days. Um, and of course, <laughs> that's a good, that's a good reminder. That's a good reminder that, uh, I will be on vacation. Starting, um, well, I guess it'll be two weeks from Thursday. It'll be my first, my first, my first day of vacation. My first day of vacation starting two weeks from Thursday. And I will be on vacation for 10 uh, days, 11 days, 12 days. I won't be coming back until the 2nd of January. And so uh, that'll be good. Um, so just a headline, just a reminder, just uh, keeping you all informed as to what's going on. Let me get on to today, uh, today's topic, today's stuff. So it is Tuesday, which means that uh, we're going to get into the deep dive. Yep, uh, it's the deep, the deep, deep, deep dive today. <clears throat> we're going to be joined by Brad Keithley from Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets who is going to come on board and uh, do the weekly top three with us, including this week's top three uh, items or topics. Uh, we're going to talk about that uh, the missing question on all the K-12 closures. Uh, you know, all the K-12 closures that are going on. You know, Anchorage is the big headline, $68 million in shortfalls. And we're so, we're shocked. This is my shocked face shocked face i tell you that uh <clears throat> that we've had to close down that we that we're what do you mean we're 68 million dollars in the hole we've got to close schools so the missing question on k-12 closures uh the second one is going to be the adns the anchorage daily news's idea of compromise there's air quotes there compromise and then the alaska senate's ideas on spending so those are going to be the weekly top three items. You don't want to miss that. It's going to be a rip-roaring good time. That's going to be with Brad Keithley, who's going to be joining us in uh, just a uh, <clears throat> in just a few. Uh, then in uh, hour two, uh, we'll start off the hour with a little bit of a recap of some of the things that uh, Brad hit us with. And maybe we'll dive a little deeper into that with a few phone calls from you. Uh, and then at the bottom of the hour... Chris Story, the man from Homer, is going to come in and join us and give us a full rundown of, I don't know, his thoughts on life and things and pottery and whatever else he decides to share with us. He is our he is our PMA guru, and he's going to come in and give us a little bit of a life coaching lesson uh, in hour two. So that's... Uh, that's it, baby. That's the rundown for today's show. Then we'll finish up with whatever we feel like, which, I mean, at this point, I don't know. 
We could be uh, rehashing some things from Chris or from Brad, or we could just be talking about the new season of Yellowstone, which I haven't seen yet. So don't give me any spoilers in the chat room, you guys. Man, these guys in the chat room, they are out of control today. All right. Um, where do we start? Where do we start? Oh, I guess we start here. Um, so let's, uh, let's, t- let's talk a little bit about what's going on in the Alaska house. Uh, gotta tell you that, um, I am, I guess, pleasantly surprised, pleasantly surprised. Uh, because right now, finally, there was a there was a uh, press release from the uh, House Majority Coalition, which is still in place, right, until the new House organizes the old majority, the bipartisan majority, led by Louise Stutes, puppeted by Bryce Edgman. You know what I mean? <clears throat> That's still in control. Well, they hadn't heard anything from them since, I think, September or something. August, September was the last time that they had uh, uh, put out any kind of anything. And so they put out a memo, uh, and it made it pretty clear of one thing. Louise Stutz is still firmly entrenched in the coalition majority camp. Um, and she is, uh, she yeah, because it was always a question, right? Because the, the, the balance right now is 21 to 19. Fully, you know, Republicans versus everybody else. There's 21 Republicans. And, of course, the question was, and I don't know why it was a question. The question was, would Louise Stute stay, you know, would she would she stay with her Republic? <laughs> really? I mean, you thought this was a question? But, nope, she's confirmed it. Our coalition, she writes, has proven its unwavering support for essential services, protecting our permanent fund and savings accounts, and providing sustainable dividends. Alaskans expect us to be ready to work in January and to get the job done on time. We look forward to working across the aisle with our colleagues in the House and the Senate, as well as with the administration on bipartisan solutions to make that happen. Yes, the word salad is real. So uh, she's already declared uh, her line in the sand there. And so now effectively the house is split 20 to 20. The headline in the ADN reads this morning, stalemate, quote, stalemate, prepare to wait weeks or even months before a majority forms in the Alaska house. And it goes on to talk a little bit about what's happening in the legislature. This is an article from Nat Hers, which is actually a pretty damn good article. I'm, I'm, I, I always like Nat. I don't always agree with him, but I, he's 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 pretty he's a pretty straight shooter. Um, but they he goes into it and he interviews a lot of different folks in here: Laddie Shaw, Pat Kattak, uh, Andy Josephson. And he just kind of goes through the list and goes through the math of what's happening. Um, she, you know, that Louise Stutes is uh, uh, is going obviously tipping over into the other side. So now we have, uh, so now we have twenty and twenty. Uh, this this independent, uh, uh, this you know, right down the road split. And then he talked to a few of the legislators about who might go over to the other side. 
which one of these legislators might go over to the coalition majority. Um, and I got to be honest, pleasantly surprised that Will Stapp, um, who is the newly elected Republican from North Pole, um, who I anticipated would immediately jump on the coalition bandwagon, said, I haven't seen or heard anything that would make me think that it's in the best interest of the interior or my town or community to join the new uh, a new coalition. Good for you, Will. I hope you stick with your Republican allies. I hope you do. I mean, that's my that's my prayer for you, my friend. Jesse Sumner, the newly elected Republican from Wasilla, said he is, quote unquote, willing to listen to offers from Democrats or independents, but he remains skeptical of joining a coalition without other conservatives alongside him. He said, I don't think that an organization of 19 Democrats and independents, Stutes and me, is going to be in the best interest of the state. They'd run circles around me. And that really leaves only two options on the table. Ketchikan Representative Dan Ortiz um, and Uktavik Rep. Josiah Patkatak. Um, Now, Patkatak is probably the more likely, although Dan Ortiz just narrowly won a re-election uh, campaign over a Republican last month. So maybe he's feeling a little pressure to even out the keel, so to speak, and not just serve Democratic interests uh, down there in Ketchikan. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. We're going to have to watch it. Um, but that's a story. That's one of the stories that uh, I wanted to get to. And we're going to uh, we're going to continue this discussion here in a minute. But we got to take a break because Brad Keithley is about to join us. So let's go do that, shall we? Yeah. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty based, free thinking radio. Don't forget to come out and join us on Facebook or YouTube, facebook.com slash Michael Duke Show, or youtube.com at Michael Duke's Show. YouTube.com slash at Michael Duke Show. It's the new thing on YouTube. They got a new handle thing. Back with more right after this. If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Well, I got yakety yak in there, didn't I? Just um, uh, I, I usually try to go to break a little early when I got Brad on because we have so much stuff to talk about and uh, it didn't work. I uh, want to say thank you uh, to uh, Satellite West. We're going to do that when we get back on the air. Don't forget. Don't don't let me don't let me forget. Don't let me forget to do that. Let's go over here and see what Brad Keithley has to say this morning uh, on the program. Good morning, my friend. How are how is you? How are you doing? How's what's Mike? What's happening? I'm doing great, Michael. How about you? I'm doing good. Boy, you are loud and proud this morning. Let me drag you back down to the basement with me here. Uh, <laughs> see what you're at. Uh, so did you get all your Christmas shopping done, Brad? That's what I want to know. That's my big question of the day. <laughs> Everybody got, you only got 17 days. Did you get it all done? Well, I've got it. I've got it all in the order form on Amazon. So it's just oh, a question of punching the button on boy, Amazon to, Brad, Brad really to, to get it sent. You make it tough, don't you? You got to get it all. I got that cart. I've been building that cart for three weeks and then I push the buy button and it all comes at once. 
the question is, do you have it all sent to you and wrap it, or do you send it to different individuals through Amazon? That's my question. Ooh, I hadn't thought of that. I mean, it's all it's all directed to me right now, but maybe I could send it to Oh, well, you, you could know. send it all. They put them in pretty gift bags. They do all that stuff. I did that one year. I had Is that half, right? Oh, I had half a dozen people that I had to send stuff to outside. And so I just went on Amazon and I said, this is a gift. Here's their address. This is a gift. Here's their address. And they put it in a little wow. fabric bag and everything. I mean, it could cost you three or four bucks, but man, it costs you that much just in gas to drive across town to have somebody else wrap it. Uh, you, you you may have just saved me hours. I mean, yay. you may have just saved me a huge uh, amount of time here. I'll be here all week. I'm only here to help. That's... <laughs> well, I found out something else. I found out when we're taking Christmas break. My list. Yeah, oh, I'm morning. sorry. I'm yes, just, I should it's, be. It's all sorts. It's all sorts of newsy today. I probably should tell you and Story and Willie Waffle and everything else that, yes, I'm on. We were going to be, it's going to be beautiful. I've done this every year for, gosh, I don't know. It, I think it's going on, uh, I think it's going on 12 years now I've been doing it. I discovered it, I don't know, back when I was in Fairbanks and I discovered that there is absolutely nothing happening. I mean, news-wise, <laughs> there is nothing happening from Christmas to New Year's. I mean, unless they had, like, thermonuclear war, nothing would be on the radar for, you know, between Christmas and New Year's. And, of course, in the advertising game, working in radio, there is absolutely nothing happening between Christmas and New Year's. Why am I here? Why am I here, right? I, I, discovered, I discovered that as well, Michael, when you had me sit in for you one year while you were on Christmas break, that there was nothing going on. I was making Stuff up you do. You, the morning. I mean, you totally have to kind of make because the news there's just nothing worth talking about on the, and we could just do ten days worth of, uh, you know, per personal interest, hobbies, movies, whatever. But it's just that's just too much work. I'm gonna go to vacation. I'm just gonna go vacation. I'm gonna sleep in, eat too much food, drink beer, whiskey, hang out, watch movies. That's I mean, that sounds like a fantastic time, doesn't it? Are, are you staying home or are you wandering oh, down to Homer or are you wandering outside yeah. or? Yeah, no, I'm staying home. I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. I went to Homer one time this last year and I had to motivate myself to get out of here to go <sighs> do that. Uh, this last, this last 18 months has just been brutal. I would much rather stay home than do anything else at this point. Staycation. It's my staycation. So, uh, anyway, borough assemblies have stuff going on, says Barbara. Yeah, but I don't care about that at this point. But I reached this point <laughs> of the year after all the stuff that's going on. I, I gotta be honest with you. My give a crap meter is pretty much maxed out, maxed out at that point. I just need to unwind the brain pan for a while. So that's what we do. Maybe that's a little selfish, but I don't know. I give 350 days a year. I figure that uh, the other 60, other 15 days, it can take care of itself at the end of the year. So <clears throat> Sandy says she found and and are, and are you going to be news free that last week before you go or that the part of the week before you go on vacation? Oh yeah. The Monday, the week. Monday through Wednesday, we're going to do probably no, no headlines. It'll probably just be fun, reminiscent Christmas stories, recipes. I don't know. We'll just have a good time. Maybe that Tuesday, maybe Brad, you can share Christmas memories with us. It'll be the top three Christmas memories or stories or recipes or something else. <laughs> I mean, because by that point, I'm going to want to unwind. I'm going to need. I do need to worry about the burrow shenanigans. I know. I didn't mean it that way. What I meant was I just, oh, my, again, my, my give a poop button is broken. All right. Uh, here we go. We're jumping back into it. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. Let's go. Remember, you have a pitch.
Okay, uh, we're jumping back into it now uh, with Brad Keithley, Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets. Before we do, though, I have to remind you that our friends at Satellite West are bringing you the program today. And in fact, oh baby, you're going to want to jump onto MichaelDukeShow.com tomorrow, maybe later today, early tomorrow, because Satellite West has been kind enough to, uh, we're calling it the five days of Christmas uh, because we are going to start giving away next Thursday a bivy stick every day for five days. Uh, bivy stick, of course, is... I had it in my pocket, but I left it on the counter downstairs. Bivy stick is the little device that pairs with your cell phone that allows you to remain in contact no matter where you are. It turns your cell phone into a satellite communicator. You could send texts. You can do things with group track. There's so many different things you could do. Well, they're going to be giving away uh, a bivy stick a day starting uh, a week from Thursday. It'll be Thursday the 22nd. We'll be giving away a, uh, a bivy stick every day, Thursday, Friday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. and um, But you're going to have to go sign up to win. Uh, and that sign-up will be available on the website later today or first thing in the morning for sure. Uh, but that is special thanks to our friends at Satellite West who've been sponsoring the program. So the five days of Christmas brought to you by Satellite West. And uh, it'll be fun. Brad Keithley joins us here in the program. Brad, thank you for your patience. Um, I know I got a little verbose there in the first uh, segment, and uh, we're ready to do it. We got to we got to jump right into this because there's a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, first and f- first and foremost on the weekly top three, uh, number one is this idea that somehow, some way, uh, we've got to uh, you know talk about these K twelve closures, and but everybody's missing one thing, and what is the one thing, Brad? Well, let's let's talk about that. Well, the one thing is how we're going to pay for it. I mean, the, 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 you read all these articles about how horrible it would be to close this school or how horrible it would be to shift this program. The, the article I sent you the link on is to shift a, a certain program out of one Eagle River school to, to another and how horrible and how, how, uh, how bad the, uh, the, the consequences are of doing that. <clears throat> but the articles never go into how are we going to pay for uh, all of this additional uh, uh, K through 12 spending that the legislature is talking about uh, maintaining in order to avoid uh, these consequences. The, the question, the question I would I would like uh, the reporters to ask, I think, would be a relevant question to 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 uh, to the to the people they're talking to, to the mothers, to the families, to the teachers, to the superintendents, uh, to everybody. Is are you willing to pay taxes uh, uh, to to maintain? Uh, uh, the, the schools. Are you willing to pay taxes in order to uh, increase revenues to, to 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 maintain these programs, and see what the see what the answers are? I mean, now now everybody, you know, a lot of these are top twenty percent schools. So a lot of people are thinking, well, we're just gonna we're just gonna have to pay take a little bit more in PFD cuts, um, or or take some in PFD cuts in order to uh, maintain these programs. That's fine by me. I'm the top twenty percent. It'll affect you know maybe a cup of coffee uh, from Starbucks a day. Uh, I can afford to do that. But as we've talked on the program, that hits middle and lower income Alaska families dispar- disproportionately large. Right. So if if we're going to maintain these programs equitably, if we're going to pay for uh, these programs equitably, we should be paying taxes for them. We, everybody should be chipping in to maintain the programs, not just shift the cost of middle and lower income uh, Alaska families. And I'd like to see the answers 
of, of these people who are arguing for maintaining these programs and maintaining the schools when they're asked, are you willing to pay taxes for it? I think, I think we'd get some interesting answers. Even if we got yeses, I think that would be helpful. I mean, it would, it would tell us that at least some segment of the population are willing to pay an equitable share of the costs um, of maintaining schools. But I'm going to guess that a lot of these people are going to say, oh, no, I don't want to do that. Um, uh, we've got PFDs. We ought to be using the PFD money. In other words, we ought to be shifting the burden to middle and lower income Alaska families to pay for all this. I don't want to pay for it. Right. Um, but, but, these, but these articles, article after article after article after article talks about the need, the demand, the, 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 the reason for additional spending. And then those same articles, article after article after article after article, fail to talk about uh, how we're going to pay for it and, uh, and where, where the money is coming from. That's an issue that we should be discussing at the same time as we're talking about increasing spending. How much of this, Brad, do you think comes from the fact that, uh, you know, people have forgotten the difference between what's nice to have and what's a must have? I mean, the Constitution mandates education, but it doesn't mandate, you know, it doesn't mandate a certain level of education. It doesn't say it's all got to be Cadillac or gold plated or we got to you should only have to go a quarter mile to your local school instead of 10 miles to your local school. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of questions in there. And and it doesn't even you know, of course, it doesn't talk at all about mismanagement of funds. They act like this, especially in the Anchorage area. They act like this is a shock shock. I tell you that we're 68 million. Oh, my God. Where did this come from? They've been talking about this for five or six years, but they just keep sweeping it under the rug. And now it's crisis and crunch time. Well, Michael, I think it's because we never confront costs. I mean, it's always about we need this. We need that. We need to spend more on this. We need to spend more on that. But we never ask people, are you willing to pay for it? Are, are you willing to pay for it out of your pocket in terms of an income tax or, you know, a, a, at a minimum, a sales tax, some sort of more equitable tax than PFD cuts? We never ask them if they're willing to pay for it. If if that was on the table, if the if the if, at the time you said I want more spending because I don't want to close this program, or I want more spending because I don't want to add to uh, the student count, uh, the classroom count uh, for teachers, I want more spending. If at the same time you said that, you had to answer the question: and how are you, how do you want to pay? How are you going to pay for it? Are you willing to pay taxes for it? I think I think there would be I think there would be a much different dynamic going on, but people think it's a free good. I mean, the legislature, if anything, has 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 conditioned them to think, oh well, it'll be free good. We'll just take it more out of PFDs. We'll just shift the cost of middle and lower income Alaska families. You won't have to pay for it. Top twenty percent families, you won't have to pay for it. Just keep demanding all you want because you're never going to have to pay for it. And they never they never Alaskans in these at least in these interviews, but Alaskans also elsewhere, never have to make that, that cost benefit analysis. If they did, if they had to, if, if, the, if the tax, if the question about taxes was asked, then they might say, oh, well, what about mismanagement? Or what about too much administration? Or what about, you know, what about uh, uh, more consolidation? Or what about maybe we could do it this way that would be, that would be less costly? If they, if the balance was put in those, was put in the questions, and if the balance was put to Alaskans that, yes, you want more, but you're going to have to pay for it. And are you willing to pay for it? Um, uh, you, you top 20% families, are you willing to pay for it? Uh, I think, I think the discussion would be, would be a lot different. Well, and yesterday we had a conversation with Rob Myers, uh, who talked about this and he said, look at what we've done, even in just the last, uh, 20 years, 
Uh, you know, we started out in the middle of the pack educationally as far as aptitude and achievement scores. Uh, and we've slowly, it's, it's been a downward, it's been a downward slope right into the bottom. Yet at the other side, there's an inverse increase into the, uh, into the expenditure side. So we're spending more today than we ever have for worse results. And, and, uh, and Chris is right. Chris in, uh, on Twitch says, you know, the public schools have resisted any long, you know, overdue, uh, uh, uh reforms. They won't even talk about that. That's, I mean, that's insanity. They won't even talk about it. Well, that's because, that's because it's always, the, the solution is always throw more money at it. That's because they think if, if it gets bad enough, we'll just ask for more money. People will get out, right? We'll talk about closing schools or we'll talk about, you know, increasing class size or we'll talk about transferring programs. And people will say, oh no, don't do that. Just throw more money at it. And, and we've conditioned people to think it's a free good to throw more money at it because the money will come from somebody else. The money will come from middle and lower income. At least in the in the twenty teens, it just came from it came from future Alaska families. It came from savings that would have benefited future Alaska families. So we were just we were just taxing future Alaska families to pay for it. Now we're taxing current Alaska families, but they found a way to push it to middle and lower income Alaska families, so the top twenty percent don't have to pay for it. And and people just think it's a free good. So it so they don't demand accountability. They don't say. Oh my gosh! You know, um, uh, uh, scores are going down, or or performance is going down. So we need to throw more money at it. That's the solution. We need to throw more. They don't. They, they don't balance that by saying, "Well, we can't throw more money because I would have to pay for it then, and I don't want to pay for it." So we need to find accountability accountability in some other way. Right. The the the, the free good. The the thought that it's a free good has just has just destroyed. I think the balance that otherwise would occur if people thought they had to pay for this. Uh, one final thought for me on this. Um, you know, I remember when I was a kid, uh, I used to have to be bused from, I lived 14 miles away from the nearest school, right? 14 miles from the nearest school. And these folks in- And Andy, it was uphill, it was uphill both ways, Uphills right? both ways yeah. in the snow. And you had to walk. And yeah. In the snow, year <laughs> round, uh, barefoot, you know. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, the, 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 the reaction from a lot of these people in Anchorage with, oh, we don't want to close our local school. It's been there for so long and it's so close. And I'd have to go halfway across town. You know, I'd have to go like three miles to the, and it, it's just, we be, it's like hashtag first world problems. I mean, come on. Yes. So you might have to close down one school and consolidate at another school. It's not the end of the world. It's, it's crazy. But they don't think they have to pay for it, Michael. They don't think they have to. They think if they if they complain enough, if they if they are loud enough, if they talk long enough about it, money will pour in. The legislature will pour in more money, um, and and they won't have to pay for it because it'll just come magically from someplace else. That that's how we've conditioned people to think about that. And and so and so yeah, you know, if it's a free good, heck no, I don't want to close this school. If it's a free good, I just want money to pour in and. And save me from having to worry about, you know, getting Johnny across town or having to put Johnny on a bus in the morning. If it if it's balanced with, and how are you going to pay for it? Are you willing to pay taxes? Are you willing to pay an income tax? Are you willing to pay a flat tax? Are you willing? If people had to think about, oh my gosh, I have to pay for this stuff. Mm. That is a, that is an entirely different balance than uh, than what we than what we've walked ourselves into. Uh, uh, over the past uh, decade. Okay, so that's number two, Brad, or that's number one, uh, Brad. Number two is the ADN's idea of uh, 
of 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 of, of compromise. The ADNs give us a tease for this before we go to break. ADN wrote an editorial over the weekend. The ADN editorial board wrote an editorial over the weekend talking about what they want to see in Dunleavy's second term and talking about how they think Dunleavy should, should approach this. And they were all about compromise and, and doing things better and lowering the rhetoric and all that sort of stuff. But there's one phrase in, in this editorial that shows the ADN really doesn't believe that. They believe the other side ought to compromise and they believe the other side ought to lower the rhetoric. But them, nah. They ought to. They they they're they're going to continue to push and, and continue to uh, use rhetoric for uh, for what they think is uh, is the right thing. So we'll, we're going to talk about that. <laughs> Wait, <clears throat> one rule for thee and another for me. Where have we heard that before? Uh, all right, Brad Keithley is our guest, Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets. We're in the weekly top three. We're going to continue in just a moment. Don't go anywhere. The Michael Duke Show continues. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. What is that? Common sense. Regularly heard on American radio. Okay, we're in the break uh, with Brad. I cannot find a where to put this that I really like. Let me put this over here, put this over here. All right. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm trying to make all that work. Okay. Uh, good morning. Uh, thanks for coming in and appreciate to Brad uh, to uh, for going over the, uh, the weekly top three. Uh, Brad, I think it is all summed up very nicely by Brian in the chat room who says one thing. Money is a hell of a drug. I mean, that's, that's kind of the, that, I mean, that should be a T-shirt for Alaska because that is exactly where we're at today. Uh, in you know, it pretty much everything, right? Well, exactly, Michael. I mean, when, when and and it's money is a hell of a drug when it's coming from somebody else, right? It's it, it, it as long as the state's going to provide it, I don't have to pay for it. I don't have to pay taxes for it. I don't have to. I don't have to worry about it myself i can just you know if i complain enough the money will show up from someplace in the 20 teens it showed up from savings in the 2020s it's showing up from uh from cuts in the pfd taxes on middle and lower income alaska families um yeah as long as it's a free good heck yes i want more of it it you want you want to cut my school no no i want more free goods i want i want i want you to, to keep my school open i want more teachers i want more programs i you know i want i want this and i want that in until people personally have to balance, you know, the cost of of doing these additional programs to them, not just to somebody else, not just you know theoretically to you know some other group. Oh yeah, the money's got to come from someplace. Somebody has to pay it, but it's not me, so I don't care. As long as as long as people can do that, we're not going to get these problems solved. Uh, we're just going to continue to see people pushing for more and more and more. And and the news, the news is just uh, the media is just perpetuating this because they're writing all these articles about I about you know I need this in in Nunaka, I need this in 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 Eagle River, I need this you know over here, and I need that over there. None of the articles are asking. And how are you going to pay for it? And how do you propose to pay for it? And are you willing, you parents, willing to to pay for it? I mean, back right. in the old days. Back when people walked uphill both ways to school, barefoot, yeah, we school. had lo- we, we had look we had local school districts back in the old days. The parents of that school district had to pay for it, right? Now we're not only now we're not only you know spreading it across the state. We're spreading it. We're we're focusing it 
on middle and lower income Alaska families. So top 20, 20 top 20 percent parents don't even have to think about it. Well, wait, Brad, it's even worse than that, because what's happening today, of course, is they're getting all this filthy lucre from the state. And then the local communities are having to pay for it on top of that, because some of them are paying up to the cap already. In, I mean, they're not only are they getting the the state money, they're then taxing the local community to the max of their tax caps and giving the maximum contribution to schools on top of that. I mean, that that's the thing. Yes, but to the max of their tax caps, Michael. I mean, the additional money, this, uh, most of the money is coming from the state. And certainly the additional money that people are talking about now would come from the state. I mean, you, you listen to the superintendent of the Anchorage school district and he says, oh, it's the BSA. We've got to increase the BSA. I mean, someone's educated him to to say that because um, he's, he's brand new on the scene. He doesn't know you know, where the money comes from. But you, you, everybody is focusing now on the state, on the BSA. BSA is the big problem. We've got to increase the, the BSA or we've got to increase the, the foundation formula. We've got to increase this or we've got to increase that. Everybody's focused on the state. So yes, there are local contributions being made. And I and I don't want to downplay those, but but the additional money that people are talking about to maintain their current schools, avoid consolidation, or maintain the current programs, they're all talking about that coming from the state, right? And they're all thinking it's going to come from PFD cuts and from middle and lower income Alaska families that they're right. not going to have to pay. I wasn't trying to dilute your message. I'm just saying it's even worse than that because on top of all the state stuff, they're they're taxing the local people to the max anyway. Uh, Terry says the Matsu delegation says to look for a BSA to increase to $1,000 per student. That would be almost a doubling of the BSA. I mean, that is insane. But that's that's what we're talking about right now. And that's and that's just sort of phase one. I mean, phase two, as we've talked about on the program before, phase two is going to be well, and we need to have you know we need to have uh, change the retirement so teachers stay, so we have additional you know support for uh, for teachers. We need to have the defined benefit plans uh, uh, for the teachers, and then we're going to need to have other state employees employees folded into these defined benefit plans. So yeah, the B the BSA is part of it, but that's just sort of phase one. By the end of the session, we're going to see a huge education package that may be divided up in parts to sort of, you know, try to try to hide how big it is. But part of it's going to be BSA. Part of it's going to be some grants uh, to, to schools in need. And then and then there's going to be this other chunk out there to, you know, retain teachers and and to and to and to help uh, help bring additional teachers on board. And that's going to be, you know, in the defined benefit plan. So it's going to be. Yeah, it, we're going to see a lot of money. Uh, people, people talking about a lot of money in this session, um, and, and 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 not talking about are you willing to pay for it? It's going to be a lot of money, and we're going to we're going to be having middle and lower income Alaska families pay for it. I want to talk about tax aversion on the next break, so we're going to come back to that. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. Brad Keithley is our guest. Here we go. All right, Brad Keithley continues with us. Our guest today, the weekly top three. Brad is with Alaskans for Sustainable Budget. You can find him at ak4sb.com or on Facebook 
at Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets. We're on to the number two of the weekly top three. We're, I don't know if we're going to get to all three. We're going to do our best here. Number two is the ADN's idea of compromise. There's air quotes. Compromise. Brad, what do you mean? I mean, the ADN is, of course, non-biased and completely, I mean, just what do you mean compromise? Well, the ADN wrote, wrote this editorial that, that talks about, you know, Governor Dunleavy is entering a second term and and talking about what they what they would like to see from him. Certainly, they don't want a repeat of 2019 where the governor tried to cut spending. That's been one of the ADN's big drives. Another big drive has been that that the ADN wants to use the PFD. I mean, there's a number of editorials they've written over the last several years about, you know, cutting back the PFD is the right thing to do. That's the right thing to pay for these programs. Never addressing uh, the 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 impact on middle and lower income Alaska families, the inequitable impact on middle and lower income Alaska families. Never addressing the impact on the overall Alaska economy. Just saying, you know, we ought to be cutting back on the PFD. So in this in this uh, editorial where they talk about the governor ought to lower the rhetoric. The governor ought to, you know, get along with the legislature. The governor ought to work for common solutions. Uh, the governor ought to uh, uh, be good uh, in how he uh, plays uh, with the legislature. In the midst of of all this, they then say um, that gave. They're talking about the last session that gave lawmakers a get out of jail free card that allowed not only for an escape from hard budget choices, but also an irresponsibly large PFD uh, and one of the largest spending packages in Alaska history. Irresponsibly large PFD. So in this, so in this editorial where they talk about, you know, lowering the rhetoric, lowering the heat, uh, working to compromise, uh, working to find compromise on issues, they, they themselves then, you know, read, reiterate and, and bring back their rhetoric of irresponsibly large uh, right. PFDs. And keep in mind, the PFD last session didn't even get to the statutory level. It was about POMV. It was about at the POMV 50-50 level, counting the uh, the energy rebate that was included. So it didn't even get back up to the statutory level. But that, you know, POMV 50-50 was an irresponsibly large PFD. So the ADN, the ADN talks a good game, likes to think they talk a good game about, you know, lowering the rhetoric and trying to work on compromise and trying to trying to bring people together. But when it comes to their core issues, uh, like cutting the PFD, there ain't no compromise going on. There ain't no lower <laughs> rhetoric going on. Look, look, look. Throughout the state, look, there should be no name calling or anything else, but that, but that irresponsible PFD—that's a big deal. I mean, you know that that it's it's just it's crazy. And, and and Michael, it isn't just the ADN. I mean, everybody talks about. I I think everybody talks about lowering the rhetoric and talking about working together and talk, but but they all have their they all have their red lines, right? And when you get to one of their red lines, and and there's like you know sixty different red lines in the legislature because we got sixty different legislators. When you get to when you get to their red their red line, oh no, we can't do that. I mean, that's irresponsible to do that. You can't you can't cross that red line. You can't do what you you can't cut you know that program because that's my program um and and you just and and everybody if we're actually going to get a, a compromise i mean and and i'll go back to the fiscal policy working group i think they did a great job of setting aside their red lines and you know you had mike shower on there and he's talking about taxes you have jesse keel on there and he's talking about 
you know, uh, restoring the PFD. You've got, you've got people on there who drop their red lines and actually work toward a, toward a center. That was a good example of how to do this. But, you know, stuff like the ADN and stuff like we're seeing now with, out of legislators, well, you can't do that. You know, you've got to compromise. You've got to come, to, you got to come you know, toward my position. But I'm sure as heck not giving up on my position. I'm sure as heck not giving up on my red lines. The ADN, the ADN is just a, a, another example of that sort of, of, of attitude that we've got in the state. And we're never going to get, I mean, if, if they say irresponsibly large PFD, then other people are going to say statutory PFD, no change, none, period. And, and, and so you got these two extremes out there, both of which are saying you need to compromise, but you can't compromise on this issue because that's our issue. Uh, we're, we're, we're never going to get to a solution as long as we've got that. And yeah. for the ADN to spend an entire editorial going down that road and then undo themselves like that is just just typifies how uh, how we've gotten to the to this particular point in the state. Well, and in all fairness to the pro statutory PFD crowd, they were they were willing to compromise. There was like like you said, Mike Shower, et cetera, the governor. They all said, okay, fifty fifty. Uh, we'll go to the fifty fifty POMV. And then of course immediately. The goal lines get moved again, and they say the other side says, "Okay, seventy-five twenty-five sounds good." Well, wait, we just comp. Well, no, I mean, yeah, you came halfway to us, so now we want you to come halfway. I mean, it's 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 mind-blowingly insane that this is kind of where we're at right now. But again, I, and I have to laugh because at the bottom of the editorial, this is the this is the tag at the bottom of the editorial. Editorial opinions are by the editorial board, which welcomes responses. Board members are ADN President Ryan Binkley, publisher Andy Pennington, and opinion editor Tom Hewitt. The board operates independently from the ADN newsroom. Not if you read the headlines and the stories, they don't. They are actually, I mean, this is this is exactly the tone of every article that you read in the ADN about the PFD, about how irresponsible it is to give Alaskans a PFD when we're in a fiscal crisis that was created by the same legislators that, I mean, just, oh my God. It's, yeah, this is the, their idea of compromise is a lot different than ours. Well, and, and, and. You know the rhetoric up, up to that point is good. Let's lay down our weapons. Let's let's talk openly. Let's try to try to reach a solution, and then bam! Yeah, but an irresponsibly large PFD, which was which was less than the statutory PFD, was about POMV fifty fifty. Um, it's just I, we're we're going to get there unless people truly follow through on on what they say they're doing. Yeah. Unless the unless the AD, I mean, for an example, the ADN. Unless the ADN really says. Okay, let's talk about the PFD and stop using the irresponsibly large tag uh, to get there. Right. All right. Well, it looks like we've uh, made through that. Let's get on to number three. Number three is the Senate majority. They have lots of spending ideas, but really no idea about where the revenues are going to come from to match all this uh, glorious spending that they're talking about right now. Yeah, this is really just, you know, this is just sort of taking point one, which is we're not asking uh, citizens who are talking about K through 12. We're not asking them to talk about, you know, are they willing to pay for it? It's, it's the, the same thing's true once you get to the legislature. There's an article in the Juno Empire, which I thought was a good article about, about a speech that Jesse Keel gave, the senator from Juno, gave to the Juno Chamber of Commerce what he was looking for in this coming session. And he ran through the litany of increased K through 12 spending, uh, uh, defined benefits, both of which got applause uh, uh, from, from Juno, because Juno itself is also facing a, a school crunch, a school funding crunch. 
and of course, you know, in the in the capital of of, of where of state employees talking about a defined benefit plan is going to get uh, applause. So, you know, he went ran through the litany of um, of uh, all the spending plans, but there was no there was no revenue. There was no discussion of the revenue to pay for it. It wasn't like, and are you willing to pay more? Are you willing to pay a tax uh, in order to uh, in order to achieve this? I mean. You know, Keel said, "Well, we're just not going to get to a tax this session. Uh, uh, I, I just don't think that that's a that's in the cards. Um, and you know, oil taxes. Maybe we'll talk about oil taxes, but you know, maybe maybe those work. Maybe those don't. No other. Re- and and it, as I wrote about in my column last week in the Alaska Landmine, even even oil taxes aren't enough to solve the deficits we're facing. No other discussion of revenues." Um, so where does that leave us? That leaves us with uh, with additional PFD cuts. So it's, I mean, not only not only is the news media when they're talking to citizens being being uh, 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 one sided by not asking them if they're willing to pay for it. When you get to the legislature, we're having the same thing. They talk about spending spending on this, spending on that, spending on the other thing, but but no discussion and no recognition. That you have to increase revenues, you should be increasing revenues equitably uh, in order if, if you're gonna if you're gonna have that additional spending. Well, and it's not just it's complicit. It's it's not just this unbalanced thing. It's the news media appears to have been complicit in this whole idea of sure, let's talk about the gravy points and all the beauty of all this new spending, but no discussion on the effects of the economy, no discussion on the effects of the taking of the PFD, no discussion on any potential impacts of taxes now or in the future. I mean, it just it just goes on and on and on. And I mean, look, anybody who's who's looked at this impartially and with a rational I realizes that at the rate of spending that they're talking about right now, the rate of spending that we've had in the the past three or four years and where it's going in the future, the PFD is going to disappear. The PFD is going to be consumed completely. And then because there has been no discussion on uh, the revenues, there's been no discussions on how that balances out. The next thing will be, well, we can't possibly cut any. We're just going to have to talk about taxes now. It is coming. It is coming. And if we don't get ahead of it, we're going to get steamrolled. Well, it, it, Michael, it's we are being taxed now. PFD cuts are taxes. What what that what what's what's happening is we have we have taxes that are on middle and lower income Alaska families through PFD cuts. What we're talking about, what what will happen then is additional taxes. And then they'll say then they'll say, well, it ought to be a sales tax. You know, it ought to be something that 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 is, you know, doesn't doesn't touch your income. It ought to be a sales tax, which also is regressive and also tilts against uh, middle and lower income Alaska families. So it's we, we need to face this now. We need to face that we're being taxed now. We're being taxed in a way that takes most from middle and lower income Alaska families. The top 20% are viewing government services as free goods because they're not having to pay for it. And so they want more and more and more of it. Their solution to Every problem is more government spending, more spending on K through 12, more spending on energy, more spending on economic development, whatever that means, the three priorities that the Senate majority outlined. It's, and it's a free good. So yeah, let's just, let's just do more and more and more. We, to get this under control, I mean, and, and middle and lower income Alaska families are pay for, paying for it. So to get this under control, we need equ- an equitable revenue source now so that people are facing up to the fact that they have to pay for these goods. These goods aren't these goods aren't free. 
they have to pay. They should be paying for them um, as well. So whether it's the media when they're talking about K through 12 or whether it's the Senate when they're talking about additional spending here, there uh, and everywhere in the same speech, in the same sentence, and at least in the same paragraph, there ought to be here's the spending we propose and here's how we propose to pay for it. And are you willing, are you Alaskans willing to uh, to contribute in that way toward the additional spending? And they're gonna get pushback. Brad, and that's good, then we'll find a balance. Brad Keithley, Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets. You can find him at ak4sb.com or on Facebook at Alaskans for Sustainable Government. We are uh, budgets, we are out of time. Hour two, dead ahead. Um, sorry, Brad, we were coming up on the break there. Uh, no. I mean, I think you're 100% right. Uh, let me go back to what you were talking about here just a bit ago. And that is, you know, uh, here's what I'm seeing in the state. And this is, again, I threw that idea against the wall here a couple weeks ago and people lost their mind in the chat room. I'm like, maybe we should just change our perspective from no cuts to just being fully in uh, support of a uh, of a flat tax flat income tax period maybe we should just do that maybe instead of fighting and standing in the road and holding our fist out in front of the train that's about to run us over we should just be like okay just get a tax let's just do that um and of course people lost their mind but here's here's what i'm seeing and here's what i'm coming to understand alaskans have become so tax adverse that the whole concept is government do whatever you want as long as you don't tax me. You know, live within whatever bubble of monies that you have there, including the PFD. And uh, and this is, of course, is assuming that Alaskans don't consider the PFD cut a tax. But they become so tax adverse that they're just like, whatever you want to do, government, is fine as long as you don't tax me. And that is what has allowed us to grow so much now with a POMV and Rob Myers talked about this yesterday, the permanent fund is growing at 50% faster than the economy. So government continues to grow faster and faster because uh, it's cumulative. It goes faster than the economy and they could do whatever they want as long as they don't tax Alaskans. And until we have skin in that game, we're going to continue to ignore it. Yeah. I, I, that's- that's exactly right, Michael. I mean, you, you see that you see that in these interviews with parents and with administrators and others in the K through 12 discussion. It's like we need we need additional goods. We don't have to pay for them. So government just I mean, the state just needs needs to provide them. It, it, it is to me, it is it is particularized, particularized on the top 20 percent. They don't have to pay for you by using PFD cuts. They push the burden down to middle and lower income Alaska families and they don't have to pay for it. So it's free goods to them. It's like it's like it was in the 20 teens to to all Alaskans, right? By by bringing money out of spending, by using money, bringing money out of savings, by using money in savings. No Alaskans had to no current Alaskans had to worry about where the money was coming from. So every year, every year they'd say, oh, we're going to get spending under control. Uh, just, you know, give us another year and we'll get spending under control. And then the next year it'd be, oh, well, we just need to spend, we need to draw down savings a little bit more. The the top 20% are still doing that. And the reason they're still doing that is because the funds we're using are taxes that just PFD cuts that just fall hardest on middle and lower income Alaska families. If we include them, if they have to pay also, and, and the way to get them to pay is through an equitable tax, if they have to pay also, we're going to have pushback. But until we have the top 20% with skin in the game, 
they're not they're not going to push back. They're going to continue to say, well, you know, I need Johnny needs uh, this particular program at this particular place. I don't want to have to send him to someplace else. Just just give me more BSA money or give me more grants or whatever it takes to keep this particular pro program going. I don't have to pay for it. It's free money. Just just use it. Use it for that. And and we're going to continue. You're exactly right. I mean, the top 20 percent is going to continue to push to continue to spend uh, that money, to continue to take money out of the PFD all the way through the the 2020s. And at the end of the 2020s, we're going to be just in the same place we were at the end of the 20 teens with savings. They're going to be gone. And, and yeah, then we're going to then we're going to have to confront taxes. And guess what? At that point, spending will stop because if the top 20 percent have to pay for it at that point, they'll say, oh, no, 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 no more spending. So now what we're getting now is we're getting additional spending because we're not confronting them with the costs. And again, this, and, 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 and if we start doing that, then then I think they'll start pushing back. And again, this is why there's been such a push to try and get the permanent fund itself upwards of $100 million, because then they know that they are not accountable to the people at all. Rob Myers in the chat room says the POM formula draw this year alone will go up over half a billion dollars. It'll go up from 3.2 to 3.8 billion this year. It grows and they have no accountability to the extra money that they're going to be getting from that. And if it goes to $100 million and they're drawing a 5% POMV draw up to a 5%, they're getting $5 billion a year with no input from the people at all. And then they'll say, well, no, no taxes. Then the at that point, the push will be on for, for taxes. You're exactly right. But then the top 20% will say, oh, God, no, don't tax us. I mean, I know you've taxed middle and lower income Alaska families throughout the 2020s, but don't tax us. And then spending will stop. Well, if you want spending to stop, do that now. Make all Alaska families pay equitably now and bring it. And the top 20% will push to bring spending under control. As long as they don't have to pay for it, they're not going to push to stop it. In fact, they'll continue to push just like they are with K through 12. They'll continue to push to spend. Because there's no constraint on them from, from the additional spending. Brad Keithley, Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets. Brad, final thoughts here, about 45 seconds. Well, I, we need to bring spending in. We, we need to bring revenues into this discussion, into the spending discussion. We need to bring equitable revenues into the discussion. You want more spending? Fine. Every Alaska family has to pay for it equitably, not just middle and lower income Alaska families subsidizing the top 20%. Every Alaska family has to pay for it equitably. Then I think we'll have pushback on spending. No, I don't want that. Yes, go ahead and consolidate schools. Yes, get rid of some administrators. I think that's the right thing to do because I don't want to have to pay an additional amount for it. Until we get to that point, until the top 20% have to pay for it, we're never going to get, we're never going to get spending under control. Brad Keithley, Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets, our guest. Brad, as always, it's educational, it's fun. It's the beatdown. Thank you for the beating today. I appreciate that. It's the truth. It's the truth bomb, and I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Michael, as always, thanks for having me. All right. Folks, we got to go. Hour two is dead ahead. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense Radio.
put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. Welcome to the party, pal. The Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Across the world, on the internet at MichaelDukeshow.com, where you'll find the audio-only live stream. Links to our social media sites, where we simulcast the radio show every morning on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. And, of course, links to our podcast, which uh, is available wherever you find podcasts. My favorite is Spotify, if you want to find us there. Just subscribe, and you'll get the show in your inbox, your podcasting app inbox, every day. And uh, you could stay up to date <clears throat> and uh, figure out what's going on. Hour two of the big radio show broadcasting live across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator. And we are ready to go. Uh, coming up here shortly, Chris Story is going to be joining us, the man from Homer, who is going to come in and talk with us about positivity and pottery and uh, life things. And I mean, I don't know what else he's, it's going to be, it's going to be uh, good stuff. So we'll, we'll be talking with Chris story here in just a bit about that. But before we do that, we just finished up with Brad Keithley from Alaskans for sustainable budgets. And I think we laid some things out that were kind of interesting and I want to get your thoughts on it. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about let me turn this down here because I'm this is bugging me. Uh, I do want to talk a little bit about this idea that Alaskans have become so tax adverse that they're willing to let the government do anything as long as it doesn't cause as long as it doesn't require any new taxation. Whatever it is, we'll talk about it as long as it requires no new taxation. We're all about that. Right. I mean, that's that, that that's that's the problem right there. So I want to talk a little bit about that and I want to open up the phone lines to see what you guys have to say. So we're going to do that right now. The phone lines, of course, powered by our friends over there at Satellite West. Uh, you could find them at SatelliteWest.com. The number to call is 907-433-3150. 907-433-3150. Feel free to give us a call this morning and we're going to talk about uh, this, this, this tax aversion, uh, which I think has become detrimental to a uh, Alaskans future, quite honestly. Um, not that I'm a fan of taxes. I mean, taxation is theft in the long run, but the question is they're already stealing from us. So shouldn't we choose our, I mean, shouldn't we be able to choose our poison? So to speak, shouldn't we be able to pick our poison in that? What is the least worst option out there? Uh, so, I mean, I kind of want to get your guys' take on this, but before we do that, I want to remind you that coming up next week is going to be the start of the five days of Christmas. 
from our friends at Satellite West. Starting next Thursday, we're going to be giving away here on the program to one lucky listener every day starting next Thursday. We're going to be giving away a bivy stick every day, courtesy of The Michael Duke Show, Satellite West, and your local radio stations. Um, now, the way you're going to be able to win this bivy stick is by going to my website at michaeldukeshow.com, clicking on the Satellite West logo up on top, and signing up to win. Now, I we're not, I don't have it set up yet. It's going to be set up later today. So starting later today, you'll be able to sign up to win uh, uh, a chance to win a bivy stick. We've given a couple bivy sticks away before here on the program. I know a couple of the people here have uh, have received them, and this is going to be uh, just a fun, fun time. So we're going to uh, be talking about that again tomorrow, but special thanks to Satellite West, who are sponsoring all two hours of the show every day from now until the vacation starts on the 22nd, 21st, 22nd. And uh, we're going to be giving away bivy sticks every morning starting a week from thursday and you're gonna have to sign up to win and uh somebody's gonna be somebody's gonna be very happy about that so uh go uh, go check it out starting later today at michaeldukeshow.com and uh somebody will be the lucky recipient of a bivy stick well five people will be the lucky recipients of bivy stick and you could gift it to somebody else if you don't want it yourself but you want to give it to gift it to somebody who's outdoorsy or spends a lot of time snow machining or out to sea or whatever you can gift it to somebody else that's not a problem um but five lucky listeners are going to win a bivy stick the five days of christmas brought to you by your friends at satellite west Okay, um, so here are my thoughts, <clears throat> and this is raw and unfiltered, all right? So don't don't hate me. Don't hate me because I'm beautiful. Uh, don't hate me because I'm about to, to ask some questions that I think need to be answered, and I want your opinion on this. I believe that Alaskans, specifically, Alaskans have become so tax adverse in this state that they refuse to look at anything outside of that framework, that they are willing to let the government do anything that it wants as long as it is inside the framework of no taxation. And that is, of course, the fact that many people, including a lot of Republicans, count the PFD as, you know, the PFD cuts as not being taxes. They are taxes. They are tax. It's like the worst withholding tax you've ever seen, and it disproportionately affects uh, the lowest, you know, the lowest eighty percent income, uh, and really, it really affects the lower fifty percent income and below more than anybody else, and it has the largest impact on the Alaskan economy. Um. More than anything, many more than any other lever that they could have pulled, it has an impact. So here's my question. Should we, as citizens, address, <clears throat> excuse me, address and take head on the tax adverseness that we're seeing out there right now? Should we, should we be willing to talk about some form of taxation? 
whether it's a sales tax or whether it's a progressive income tax or whether it's a flat tax or whether it's a head tax or whatever it is, shouldn't we be at least willing to have the conversation? Now, I can hear heads exploding out there right now in the chat room and everything else. I'm not saying that's the direction that we should go. I'm saying, shouldn't we at least have a conversation about it? Because here's what's happened. We have become, especially over the last 20 years, so tax adverse that we are willing to turn a blind eye to all government spending as long as it doesn't affect us in a meaningful way directly. As long as we don't, hey, as long as you don't, ta- I think Randy said something earlier about, hey, don't, don't take my money. Take, take the other guy's money. Don't, don't take my money. I'll, I'll give up the PFD. I'll do whatever. Just don't take my, here again, shouldn't we at least have the conversation? Because I'll be honest with you, the, the top 20% that Brad keeps talking about, they don't even want us to be talking about it. Because they understand that their donor class is going to lose their minds over it. So shouldn't we at least have the conversation? Pros and cons? I mean, I'm not saying one is better than the other. Well, I mean, I think one is better than the other of all the taxation options. But shouldn't we at least have the conversation before we get there? Because let's face it, folks, with the legislative makeup we have right now, it's very likely that the PFD is going to go away in just within a few short years. Then what do we do? Because nobody's fixed the underlying problem. It's like putting a, you know, putting a, a, an IV bag up on the thing to, you know, to put more plasma in your system while you've got ephemeral artery bleeding out at the bottom. You haven't fixed the problem. You could pour all the blood into it you want, but until you close up that, that vein, you're just bleeding right out on the floor. That's where we're at right now. Nobody's willing to fix the underlying problem. And once we run out of money the CBR, the SBR, the PFD, once those monies are gone, the underlying problem still remains, which is an addiction to spending. Let's go over to the phones, 907-433-3150. Let's see what you have to say. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Randy in Fairbanks. Randy, go ahead. Well, I'm I'm one of the bottom 80 percenters. I'm not in the top 20 percent. I'm just a yard worker, and I work out in the cold, and I just hate to see some of my hard-earned paycheck money go to state income taxes if it's not absolutely necessary. And I do agree with you, though. It's okay to have the conversation. And so that's what I'm doing right now. I'm engaging in the conversation about it. I do not want any uh, state income tax. Uh, Partly that's one reason, because I just work too hard for my money and I don't want it. And another thing is that if uh, I do start paying a state income tax, and at the same time you start increasing giving out the take uh, cash to people, including new arrivals and their kids and everything, then what's effectively happening is that some of my hard-earned money, when I worked out in the cold as a yard worker, yard uh, storage yard worker, grabbing forklift or whatever I'm doing, and uh, uh, that means some of my money is going to people that are not earning it, and uh, that, that uh, irritates me, and I don't like that. Well, but the money doesn't come from you, Randy. The money, that, see, that's the thing. That money doesn't come from you. It doesn't come from your hard-earned money. It comes from the earnings of the permanent fund itself. It comes from a fractional portion of the earnings. 
It has nothing to do with the money that you earn. And even if there was some form of income tax or sales tax, that money would still, according to statute, not come from the money that you earn and pay back to the state in taxes. That would not be it. That money would still come from the earnings of the permanent fund. Well, I'd rather the earnings of the permanent fund be used to provide for the services that we all of Alaskans get so that they don't have to suck out money from my hard-earned money uh, paycheck when I go out and work out in the cold in the storage yard. So that's what I want the earnings to go through. And if there's some surplus earnings left over, then I want that dispersed as cash. Here's the problem, Especially I'd like it dispersed in such a manner that it goes to long-term residents, which is why I have advocated... Uh, coming up with a second PFD. But Randy, here's the problem. I'm sorry, I'm going to talk over you here because I don't have a lot of time. Uh, but here's the thing. The, pro- the problem is, is that what you're advocating is they should take the PFD. I mean, you may be willing to give your PFD to state services, but those, the rest of us, want our PFD because we believe we can spend it better than those in the legislature. They already got 75% of the revenues, the royalty revenues. They got all the taxes, the corporate taxes, the property taxes. They got the fees. They got all that money. And they get 50% of the earnings of the permanent fund, that 25% that gets socked away and gets invested and rolls over. They get the 50% of those earnings anymore. The people's due is that other 50%. That's the thing. It's not, they should be able to live on the 75 plus the 50% of the earnings plus all the other taxes and everything else. That's the thing. They're not living within their means, Randy. Are you saying the legislators, the 60 legislators are getting all this money and they're all multimillionaires and we need to get you some know that money back from them? Randy, I think come on, you know that's stupid. That's not what I said, and you know it's not what I said, and you're making a false argument. You know what I mean by that is the government, the legislature's in control of the money. You know I was not saying that this was going straight to the legislators. Please, let's not play stupid. You know, I agree with you. I don't think you, you would think that either. But my point is, is that this money that they, quote unquote, they get is not going to Brazil or Pakistan. It's, it's just being used right here in Alaska as services for us. And I'm all for trimming certain services and getting rid of inefficiencies. And that's what we need to do. And then when we do that, when we work hard to get those efficiencies, then that yields more of a surplus, which can yield to a higher but- cash payout for all of us Alaskans. So instead of just services, we can have more extra cash. I'm all for that. Giving them more money does not cause them to be more efficient. Giving them more money does not cause them to be more budgetarily conscious. That's part of the problem. That's one of the reasons why I've been opposed to a tax in so many ways, because I figure if we just give them more money, they'll find ways to spend it. And that's the problem. Your argument has always been, well, give them more money and they'll eventually figure out how to be efficient with it. That's the past performance is indicative of future results. If you've got somebody who's got a sh- who's a shopaholic who just can't stop buying off of QVC or Amazon or something, and they got a you know they got a, a a spare bedroom full of stuff that they haven't even opened yet, but they just want to keep spending. You don't just keep paying off their credit card and giving them a blank credit card every month because they're just going to do it. You have got to starve the beast, and that's what needs to happen here. Unfortunately. We're out of time. Thank you, Randy, for your call. we got to continue here. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Chris Story is our guest up next for our weekly life coaching lesson. We're going to be talking about that here in just a moment. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. 
our light, our guide, and our trusted friend. Okay, we're in the break right now. Um, uh, Chris Story is about to be um, <clears throat> Chris Story is about to be our guest here in just a hot second. Let me get your. I got all my stuff here all laid out. Cables coiled everywhere. Can't wait. I got the new mixer. I'll put it in. It's all Bluetooth. I don't have to worry about all these cables and stuff. Um, all right. Um, we're gonna be get to that. Get to that. Okay. So we're we're all ready now. I think we're all we're all ready to do our thing. Um, what was that? Anchorage police shots fired. What? Sorry, I just saw an alert come through on my phone here. Um, uh, here we go. Anchorage police shots fired at Fred Meyer, Walmart, and Muldoon. Oh, that was yesterday. Why did it just show up now? Um, okay. I don't know. This is why I hate Twitter. Uh, okay. Uh, what else we got here? Uh, Randy, Randy, Randy. Um, let me go back up here and see what you guys have been talking about. Uh, most people who don't want new taxes are not ignoring the fact that the state spends too much. No one wants to give the state more power to keep spending money. You can't feed a drug addict more drugs. I don't know what the solution is at this point. Rob says, the permanent fund is a trust fund. Would you rather have the trust fund citizens or trust fund government? That's, I think that's the ultimate question there. Um, Gary says, I, you will never be able to convince people that the PFD is a tax. I'm, uh, I am for doing away with it completely, the PFD. It's always an uncertain amount of income. Until the state cleans up what it has, all funding should stop. Almost dead last in education, but Juno's drag story time for kids gets high marks for diversity. Um, when the government takes money from the people to provide government services, we call it a tax. I and most other people don't have a problem accepting this. However, I and most other people do have a problem with the government taking money from every man, woman, and child in this state to maintain uh, a bloated... Uh, state government uh, while outright lying about it, bragging that we don't tax you. Stop peeing on my foot and telling me it's raining. Stealing the PFD is taxation. Yes. Yes. Um, uh, there are adverse effects for taxes. However, you and I are ta tax adverse. Oh, I thought you were talking about adverse impacts on the economy. All right. Chaco's correcting my grammar on YouTube. Um, now they want ours too. Exactly. That's the thing. They had the, they got their share. They got their 50% share. And now they want our shares as well. That's what they want. Our shares as well. Um all right. So we're 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 Chris Story is is here with us. Chris Story is here with us. Good morning, my friend. How are you? Good morning, Michael. I'm on top of the world. You can't drag me down. No, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to. That would be depressing. Um, I mean, I could if I tried because I can do anything I set my mind to, but I would not do that because that's just not, that's not who I am. Um, hey, quick question. Uh, you yes. got, you got your roadcaster thing. La was that the regular one or was that the, was that the two? Was that the pro two or was that the regular pro? Uh, I got it. 
uh, let's see, almost a year ago. So it, I don't believe it's the two, but it is Bluetooth, and I love it. Yeah, I just is that what you're going to? I I bought the I got the Rodecaster Pro two here a while okay. ago because mm-hmm. I was looking at it, and the uh, it's got boy, it's got a lot of stuff packed into it, including some really great Afix processors and stuff for the microphones. That oh, it's phenomenal! Sounds yeah, really absolutely. good. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, the Bluetooth the Bluetooth feature was really neat. That's how I do all of my pre-recorded interviews now is through that Rodecaster. Anything I'm doing that's strictly going straight to podcast, like the Backyard Millionaire podcast, I just do it straight through the, Ro- um, the Rodecast. I don't use the uh, my PV board or any of the equipment down at the studio. So it's it's phenomenal. Plus, I did just some broadcasts from Arizona using it. Um, connecting back up to the station with bluetooth and it was fantastic yeah best best um on the road show i've ever done yeah no well wait till you get a portable comrex unit and then you'll be really yeah set exactly that's what i use I, you'll never know where i could be living in louisiana exactly i know exactly you could be in louisiana broadcasting in alaska and saying that you're an alaskan um oh wait a minute uh let's get to it here chris uh hold the line common sense radio Right, it's that time of week uh, where once a week we bring in our, well, we like to call him the guru of positivity. I don't know what that means. I just made all those words up. But uh, Chris Story joins us, the man from Homer. Uh, positivity, pottery, realty, it's all the things that he does. And radio, of course, author, speaker. Man, he's like a renaissance man. I, I just, I don't know. I just picture him smoking a cigar and sitting back there and stroking his beard and saying, uh, pontificating on all his wisdom. He comes on every week to talk with us about um, all the good stuff and give us our life coaching lesson. Good morning, uh, Mr. Story. They call him Mr. Story. What's going on, sir? I'm very appreciative of the kind words. If you could add to your little mix and ramble there that i have the body of an olympic gymnast he's got the body of a 12 year old girl i mean yes olympic gymnast that's exactly it what's uh and i keep it in the trunk of my car oh okay <laughs> um <laughs> all right chris uh we didn't get a chance to chat right before the uh right before the break so what is uh what is your topic for today what are we what are you what kind of enlightenment are you hitting us with today failure no, but reversal, rehearsal. So thinking in terms of rehearsing for an eventual reversal or failure, because we know it's going to happen at some point. I want you to be prepared for it. That's all. So failure, be prepared for mm-hmm. failure. This doesn't sound like the uplifting talk that I was hoping for today. I think in terms of optimism as a way, a way of being, a way of life, a way of thinking, a way of moving through the world. However, it's like a muscle. You got to build it. You got to develop it. You have to anticipate also, though, that there will be challenging times, difficulties, obstacles, things are going to spring up. So better be prepared. I was uh, just reading about a young guy who became a pilot when he was 18 and his first flight instructor uh, on a third or fourth time up in the air 
unbeknownst to the, the student pilot, the flight instructor killed the engine and said, hey, we've had an engine failure. What are you going to do? And they went into a stall. They, anyway, went through the whole process. The guy finally turned the engine back on, took back control of the plane and said, I will not license you until you're prepared for every single thing that could possibly happen to you. And it just got me to thinking, hmm, visualization works both ways. It's for what you want. You can visualize what it is you want in your life what you want to become, what you want to accomplish. That's excellent. It's excellent preparation. We know that Olympians, we know that people use this at the highest levels of, of NASA. All kinds of uh, institutions have adopted this idea of visualization. It's not just woo anymore. However, ought we not be prepared for a reversal? Be it health, wealth, war, we need to repair rehearse the response in advance of the adversity of the reversal so that we can basically be prepared for whatever can come at you but i have a formula because i don't want to spend too much time there it's a little bit like jerry seinfeld told costanza of cleavage he said you look at it's like looking at the sun you take a peek and you look away it's the same thing with reversal rehearsal you, you don't linger there you don't want to spend too much time there so i do have a formula that i think can solve that because i know you were going to ask that michael how much time do we spend looking at the, the reversal right well that's exactly i was just thinking that i mean you don't want to focus on it but at the same time well this kind of goes back to the old adage which i've advocated for years which is prepare for the worst and hope for the best and all your surprises will be happy ones. It's not that you have to dwell on the potential for, you know, for, uh, for catastrophic failure, but you should at least acknowledge that it exists, make a contingency plan, and then move on. Don't focus on it. Just look at it for a minute. Here's what I need to do. If this happens, here's what I'm going to do. Okay, now I move on and focus on what I really want, right? And I'll, you know, I'll give you a real-life example from my real estate brokerage, brokerage. And from the beginning, we've done what we call post-mortems on a transaction that failed or something that went wrong. And it's not to relive the failure or to, to be punitive. It's literally just to say, okay, what can we learn from this? What's the story we can take and tell it going forward as a cautionary tale if need be? And how can we handle an obstacle such as this into the future? And so by re-examining and just spending a moment there, sort of reliving that moment, what actually went wrong just before impact, you know, what, what happened here? And then we can look at it. So I think the ultimate plan for reversal rehearsal is a, a 90-10 approach. Spend 90-10, 90% 90 of your time focusing on what it is you want, the things that you want to go right and planning for the future and planning for success and victory and, and everything you do from health, wealth, happiness, all of it. And then 10% of your time should be spent planning for the reversal. Uh, imagine you you were on board, uh, I don't remember, was it American Airlines? Which one? Uh, Captain Sullivan landed in the Hudson River a number of years right, ago. Right. I mean, thank God he had planned for every kind of uh, reversal that could have happened. And he actually said of that moment that he had spent his entire career uh, in his illustrious career as an airline pilot planning for just that moment. He didn't know it, but that's what his entire career had been spent for. So I think just, yeah, taking the 90-10 approach, 90% of our time should be planning for victory and winning and 10% we should spend in a contingency effort. Like, okay, what if this happens? What will we do? What shall we do? And I'll tell you another real life example. And I probably drove people nuts in 2020 and 21 in part saying, oh, oh, you got COVID. Oh, tell me what you did. What did you do? 
What did you take? What worked? What didn't work? And I did a deep dive analysis. Every single person that I talked to that had it, I would just interrogate and find out what did they do, what worked well. And I had my own contingency plan set in place that I had ivermectin on hand, hydroxychloroquine. I had a clear path to getting monoclonal. Everything I particularly wanted, I had set in place. So when it happened, boom, I was ready to go. But I didn't spend my whole life there. I just spent about 10% of my time. Uh, you didn't ask me what I did when I got COVID. I mean, I, well, yeah, but I've already had it twice. You're, oh, yeah. I, I was a two time loser by the time you rolled around with, and you're welcome very much for Omicron <laughs> having filtered through our bodies and yes. finally mutated to a, to a head cold. You're welcome. Michael. Yeah, no, I mean, finally, I mean, I dodged the bullet on that for almost three years. So, I mean, I just, you know, some vitamin C, some zinc and lots of sleep and that fixed me right up. So, I mean, my taste even came back after about eight, nine days. So I'm, I'm feeling pretty I'm going to be honest with you. Part of it was, uh, that it was long in the tooth. And the other part is I just didn't care. Yeah, well, that's true. That's true. I figured that probably was it. <laughs> I'm um, kidding, Michael. Somebody's got to keep you humble. Here. I know. Well, no, it's 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 exactly somebody care. does. Um, look, I think that this is an important piece of advice. Um, we talk, I mean, on this program continuously about positivity, keeping your goals in mind, doing that kind of things. But we all understand that failure is a part of that process. Right. I mean, it, you know, it was the whole Edison thing. It took 10,000 different permutations of the light bulb before the first one lit and stayed lit. 10,000 failure. And then when he was asked about it, he, they said, well, that's, that's a failures. That's a lot of failures. He goes, well, it's not really a failure. It's just, I found 10,000 ways it didn't work. Um, but I eventually found it. And so we understand, and that's, it, it's not, we kind of, we don't avoid it, but we don't really talk about it a lot, but failure is a part of these processes. Success is bred upon failure. And so we yeah. at least have to acknowledge it. And again, if we have a, pl here's the thing, going into failure with no idea what you're going to do, is is crushing right i mean it's it's it it just scatters you and it takes up all your focus and you and you're just you're absorbed by the crisis of the moment but if you've at least gamed it out and thought about what if this happens what if this happens what will i do and you've at least thought about it and put it into at least a one sentence or one paragraph solution for whatever the issue may be not focusing on it but at least you'll be able to deal with it and and, and so failure is an important component of success in the long run, right? I agree. Absolutely. You're going to trip. You're going to fall along the way and you might as well be prepared. Uh, it's great having some band-aids on hand before you cut yourself. And that's just preparation. I'll spend my whole day thinking about right. size of band-aid I'm going to need when I sever the tip of my pinky and okay, now who's going to put the, the severed digit on ice. But, but you think about it for a minute. Think, okay. Well, what would I do? And then you spend the rest of your time aiming towards what it is you want. And I will tell you, there are times that I have failed and looked back later and went, oh, that's the best thing that ultimately ever could have happened. As a result of this, I then like, a, a what's that game you used to play when you were your misfit youth? Pinball. Uh, you know, it's like, bang. <laughs> I never would, oh, I never would have predicted by bouncing off of this obstacle, it would propel me into this uh, lane. And now I love it over here. But yeah, just spend a small amount of time thinking about what went wrong, what might go wrong into the future, and how you could handle it. Just having a bit of a reversal rehearsal into your life will allow you to, to withstand, uh, let's say, for example, that something happens that uh, you just couldn't 
possibly think that this would ever happen to you. You might not be able to think about every scenario, and nor should you probably, but just having a plan for how will you handle adversity and knowing that it could be coming, you'll be probably much better able to handle anything that comes at you, whether you could have imagined it or not. Chris Story is our guest. Uh, I love HomerAlaska.com is his website. You could listen to him on Tuesdays and Thursdays at the stations down on the peninsula, KPEN. At 1 o'clock, he talks about realty and positivity and all kinds of stuff. Uh, Chris, uh, holiday season's coming up, and I know that you've got some perfect gift ideas for the person in your life who's looking for a little direction or maybe wants to do some wealth planning or whatever else. Uh, tell us a little bit about what you got, uh, or somebody who just wants a little adventure in their life. Give me, give me some uh, some thoughts here. I just got a text from Mother Dukes, Chris. You better mention Beard Curler Coffee, or I'll call, <laughs> pull the plug. Huh. Okay, thanks, Terry. I don't know. Uh, don't aside know. from drinking your Beard Curler Coffee, I I just gave a copy away of a book called Born to Live, which I absolutely love. And this is a book, speaking of reversal rehearsal, and I didn't expect to say this today about the book, but I will say it is about a time in my life. I wrote it. It's a, it's a fictionalized story. Uh, it's uh, It ends well. Spoiler alert, it ends well. But it is a story of a young guy, a salesman, who's going through like the worst time in his life imaginable. And then it gets a little bit worse. And then there's some lessons that are taught along the way. It's a great and wonderful story. If you think for a minute that you know somebody who might be going through a bit of a reversal or a difficult time, or you just want to share a really good, feel-good, amazing story that's a quick read. Most people tell me they can sit down and read it in, in a single sitting or maybe two or three. And and uh, I love that book, Orange Eleven. It's just, it's, it's, if I do nothing else, I feel like that i put that out into the world and i absolutely love it right uh, of course you've also got the book the backyard millionaire which is uh which is a great fictionalized story but also with a purpose uh talking to people about uh you know the power of of basically setting their own goals and doing their own thing and the power of uh owning real estate which sounds a little dull but in the long run the story is <laughs> i mean the story is great so i mean it's all it's all it's all parables right it's all parables and then of course you've got your uh jacob mann series with the making of man and the new one which is in editing right now i don't know is it going to come out before christmas the watchman is it going to come out in time for folks to be able to get it for christmas you know i i hope so michael i don't know if i can get it back from the editor in time and get it to but I sure hope so. But in the meantime, the making of man that you did for me on Audible, but also is in paperback and ebook, is uh, is a great place to start. And then the next one, if not by Christmas, shortly after the first of the year, depending on uh, how the editor does. But you know, just remember, Jacob Man. Every man wants to be him, and every woman wants to be with him. So this is all I'm going to say about uh, that until you read the book. <laughs> Oh, my God. Uh, Chris Story, you can find him again at ilovehomeralaska.com, where you can find links to his books, his radio show, his daily uh, thoughts uh, on top of the world, his podcast, and more. Again, a renaissance man, uh, a long time coming. Chris, thanks for for coming on board this morning and uh, sharing your thoughts with us. Thank you, Michael, and I am glad you're alive and you survived. Well, good. Me too. I mean, it's a plus. It's a plus. All right, folks, we got more coming up. The Michael Duke Show continues. One final segment. I have no idea what we're going to talk about, but we'll talk about something. Back with more right after this.
We're broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the Internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay, uh, I guess we're finishing up with Chris' story. I mean, I guess I should have planned for uh, my eventual death by COVID, Chris, uh, but uh, didn't happen. So, uh, you know, I guess it all... We're all grateful for that. We're all better off. And I, I have to tell you, I was in Soldatna on Friday uh, picking up a beautifully smoked prime rib from Echo Lake Meats on Gabe's Road, echolakemeats.com. There, I did a commercial. Uh, anyway, so I've stopped to do a little gas station somewhere in Kenai. I, I don't really know or care um and i met this wonderful woman though i believe her name was Jeannie, and she said she i was walking in to, to use the restroom anyway she saw me and she said are you chris and i said yes and she said i'm a and this is a quote michael i'm a michael duke's follower and i said well so am i and did sort of like a little bow and anyway she shook my hands and it was nice to meet me but mainly because of my affiliation with you um so i just wanted you to know you have legions of of fans or followers everywhere well, I mean, I appreciate that. I, I love talking with people. I love the people, uh, you know, people of the peninsula really embrace the show when it first arrived down there. I guess we're going on three, four years now. Um, I guess almost four years. And uh, the people down there really embraced it and uh, and, and seemed to love it. And uh, and I really appreciate that. I love the I love the can do spirit down there. Um, and, um, uh, I just, I love the people down there. So yeah, I'm glad, uh, I'm glad. It, and I'm, I'm just grateful to you for coming on the show every week, free of charge and, uh, and talking with folks about, a um, little bit of everything, positivity mostly, but a uh, little bit of everything. And I know that we have talked about it and maybe folks in the chat room can sound off on this, whether or not that they are interested to hear some of Chris's political views. Cause Chris and I talked about, you know, it's, Politics is not necessarily his forte, but he's got thoughts. I mean, contrary to popular belief, Chris Story does have thoughts. That's right. and, it's not uh, just a pretty face. I know. And uh, and so we've talked about whether or not we should, you know, once a month or every other week or something, have Chris on for an extra segment where he beats the hell out of us over politics and then soothes our wounds with PMA after that. Um, and we've been discussing that and, um, and, uh, you know, first he was a little reticent, but then I beat him down and he said, maybe, maybe, maybe. So anyway, folks, if you want to see, if you want to hear more Chris story, uh, and not just about positivity, but obviously about, uh, uh, you know, about the, the, the hot topic of the day or what's going on in the legislature or the, uh, or the state or whatever, uh, let me know in the chat room that you would like to hear more Chris, um, and uh, we'll see if uh, we'll see if we can talk him into uh, coming on uh, uh, every few weeks to to talk about that. I mean, I appreciate your insights, regardless of whether I agree with them or not. And uh, and sometimes we don't believe. No, it or not. yeah, I know. Sometimes Chris and I are like at odds uh, over certain things, like uh, uh, grr, ah, er. and but uh, for the most part, I mean, that's just on politics stuff. Because with everything else, I mean, he is my guru. He is my mentor of positivity. So. Uh, we love to have him on board with that, but I thought it would be interesting to see the other side of Chris' story, the darker side, where Mr. Walker becomes Mr. Wheeler, motorist, uh, you know, and uh, we could do that, but uh, it would just be fun, I think. Um, Chris, you did you- are, You are a nerd. I love that. I, well, I am a nerd for sure. Did you get all your Christmas shopping done? That was my big question that I should be asking you. 
yes and no. I'm I'm actually making a, uh, a board game for um, Christmas gifts this year, and I'm pretty excited about that. I'm waiting on a couple of pieces to come in to finalize that. But otherwise, I think so. I think so. I, I haven't figured out what to get you yet, but we'll see. A board game? Yeah, I, I already have a cupboard full of arsenic. I don't need any more. Thank you. Um, <laughs> a board game? I'm interested. Yes. I'm interested. I want to hear more. What what kind of board okay. game are you making? Well, it's um, it's about optimism, believe it or not, and uh, living on top of the world. The board game is called Born to Live. No kidding. I mean, branding. You've got the branding down for sure. Born to live. Uh, <laughs> That's right. So I want. I want to hear. I want to hear more about it. All right. Well, um, I'm looking forward to hearing more about that. And of course, those will be available on your website shortly. I'm sure. I hope so. We'll see how it goes. These are prototypes. <laughs> Chris, thanks, brother. I appreciate you coming on board. Love you. We'll talk. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Talk soon. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. Chris Story, uh, our guest here on the Michael Duke Show. I mean, why not, man? Why not? I love it. I love it. Michael says in YouTube, he says, hell yeah, it's Chris Story. Hell yeah. So, of course, we want more. Um, you know, we we just, you know, of course we want that. Boy, you guys fell silent there for a little bit. It's like everybody's just shh, quiet. We don't want to talk about anything. Um, <clears throat> maybe I should just get, you know, hey, let's uh, let's uh, let's support taxes. Let's get you guys cranked up in the room. Let's 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 tax everybody. What do you think? Good idea? Oh wait, this is already being done. They're taxing everybody by taking their PFD. Let's tax everybody more. How about that? How about that? We'll let's tax everybody more. All right. Um I guess I will turn the phone lines back on. I don't know what I'm going to talk about. This is one of those moments where I'm just like, eh, whatever. Uh, we've got about 20 seconds, so let me uh, rejoin here. Oh, look at that. Peaked everything out. Looking. Boom. Let's get the job done. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Like a chair, like a chair, like a chair. Here we go. Well, okay. Um, Chris is making a board game for Christmas. I mean, that's it. That's you know, that's industrious. He's seriously being industrious right now. I'm gonna do a board game for Christmas. I mean, I'm just not normal. You're normal. I'm not knitting you socks or anything. I'm gonna make you a board game for Christmas. I'm I'm all down with that. I'm totally down with that. All right. Um. So one final segment here on the program. Tomorrow on the show, we are expecting a discussion with State Senator Mike Schauer, who is going to come on with us and hopefully give us some more insight into the election and the formation of the uh, Senate majority and what he expects in the coming year. What he expects to see in the coming year. Um, I guess I'll lay out quickly. Now, phone lines are open. I guess I should tell you that to begin with. And again, special thanks to our friends over there at Satellite West. 
for sponsoring both hours of the program today, no matter where you are in the state, from uh, Chickaloon to Chicken to Chignik to China, wherever you are. Uh, they have got the device and the technology to keep you in contact, whether it's via text message or a phone call or email or just surfing the Internet. Satellite West has got you covered. You can find them at SatelliteWest.com. SatelliteWest.com. And uh, so we say a special thank you, thank you, to them for sponsoring the program and being the sponsors uh, of the five days of Christmas, which is coming up. Next week, starting next Thursday, we're going to be giving away a bivy stick, uh, one a day, every day for five days. It's the five days of Christmas, courtesy of the Michael Duke Show and Satellite West and uh, your local radio station. Special thanks to them as well. So uh, more details will be up on the website later today. The website will be up and live later today, and that's where you'll go to sign up for it. Go to MichaelDukeShow.com and look for the Satellite West logo up on top, and you can, it's the five days of Christmas. Okay, so here's what's coming. I've got one line on hold. I'm going to get you here in just a second, caller. Don't go anywhere. Um, Here's what's coming. I fully anticipate that we're going to see a dividend of $500 or less this year, this next year. I fully anticipate that they will increase the funding to education. I don't know if it's to the $1,000 level that somebody said earlier in the chat room that the BSA uh, this next year is going to be upwards of $1,000. The current BSA is just slightly over 500 so that would be a doubling of the BSA. Um, so I don't, I don't know if it's going to be that high, but I think the BSA is definitely going to increase. And I think you're going to see a discussion, a strong discussion, about a return to defined benefits uh, uh, programs for retirements. And I think those right there, those three things will probably spell some serious doom for the state in the future. Um, Because, again, as I was talking about earlier, it's like we have never addressed the root problem. We have never, well, we have treated the symptoms of the disease, but we have never addressed the root problem. The root problem is we have an addiction to spending in the state. That's the problem. We have an addiction to spending in the state, but we've never addressed that problem. Instead, we've just thrown money at it and continued. And I think that's going to be, that's going to be the way we're going to move forward. Eventually you run out of money. That's what happens. Now, it took us a while to get here, but eventually you're going to do it, and you're going to see the PFD dwindle, and then, my friends, we're all going to be facing taxes anyway. So there you go. That's what my thought is on this. Let's go over to the phones and see what you have to say. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Good morning, Michael. This is in Kodiak. Good morning, Carlene. Good morning. Um Funny thing, but I woke up thinking about the word contingency, um, Monday morning contingency. I meant to look it up, and I finally did during your break, and it said a possible but unlikely or unplanned event, a possibility that must be planned for a future emergency. And then last night I watched Valkyrie with Tom Cruise about Colonel um, Klaus Von Stauffenberg, um, they tried to over, it was the 15th attempt to overthrow Hitler at the end of the war. 
and they had a contingency plan. And that's what's come to mind a number of times before your motivational speaker brought it up today. But on other shows, um, Dr. Anna Barrett on Christian Financial Concepts has been talking about a, <clears throat> excuse me, another collapse, a crash, and just not to scare people, but we need to have a couple of months provisions because that new currency is going to come in also. So I couldn't sleep, so I've been listening to old cassettes. And Michelle Bachman, April 24th, 2022, was talking about these same things. And then she was on again on Sunday on the Jen Markell show. And then on the Tony Perkins show, it was on Saturday, but it was Tuesday's repeat. And the person talking said that a week and a half ago, the president made a speech about reparations to other countries because of our carbon footprint will have to be taxed for our fuel and gas because of causing other people to be um, living, you know, with what's going on in Africa, you know, people moving from right, country right. to country, no food, starvation. Right. So we're going to have to pay for that. So our taxes, I think we should do it organically, just that the PFD is going to go away. So be prepared. You said maybe a $500 one this year, and then it's going to go away. And it just feels like a slow slide into socialism. That's the thought that came the day after the election. Yeah. So we just need to be prepared and do the next step and the next step. Yeah. And, and not to be frightened, but be prepared. Right. Well, I mean, that's the preparedness brings, you know, peace. That's the thing. That's one of the old adages that I used to live by. Preparedness brings peace. So no matter what, what you're doing, whether it's food prep or uh, money prep or whatever, though that preparedness, those steps that you take to prepare for the worst and hope for the best, always bring peace of mind. And uh, I agree with you, Carly, and I think that that's important. Thank you for your call. I really appreciate it. We got another call here on hold. Let's go over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? This is Charles in Fairbanks. Good morning, Charles. What's on your mind? I, I, just, I, I expect we'll see a Wolverine caucus. I use that word because of a, a gluttonous uh, nature. Gulo Gulo is the name for the Wolverine in the Latin. Gulo Gulo. There's a word, gulosity, gulosity. The, the politicians are gluttonous with other people's money. Uh, so good morning. Uh, good morning. Have a good day. Good morning, Charles. Thank you for your call. The Wolverine. See, the problem is, is that when you said Wolverine party, all I could think of was Wolverines, you know, from Red Dawn. Uh, I'd rather see a Wolverine party that came in and cleaned house. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you're right. Look, I mean... You know, as Brian said earlier in the chat room today, money, one hell of a drug. That's that's the problem. And the problem with OPM, other people's money, is that eventually you run out of it. And that's kind of where we're at in this state. I mean, we burned through, what, 14, 15, 16 billion dollars in savings. We avoided the boogeyman in the room, which, of course, is the unquenchable thirst for spending. 
We avoided that. We avoided talking about that or addressing that at all by simply covering it up with the spending of the monies that we had. Now we've drained the CBR. Now we've drained the SBR. Now we're attaching the PFD and we're continuing to attach the PFD and tax it. And eventually that too will go away because we have failed to address the boogeyman in the room, the 8 million pound elephant sitting in the middle of your living room, is the fact that the legislature cannot control their spending. And in fact, they look you in the eye and say, we couldn't cut one single farthing more. That's what they tell us. I mean, he's right there. It's Bert Stedman. It's all that, the whole crew there basically saying the same thing. Uh, I got time for 30 seconds here for another caller. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Oh, thanks, Michael. This is Rob in Fairbanks. Hey, Rob, quickly. Hey, uh, you know, I, this PFT is going to run for a while because we got lots of oil. You know, I, this this overspending, you know, there ought to be some rooftop boats on this thing, you know. Well, but anyways, uh, you have a good day, and thank you. Thank you, Rob. I mean, it may look like a lot of money in the long run, but in the scheme of things, it's really not that much. And it wouldn't take much for them to suck up all of that money and more. But we got to go. Thanks for coming in. Be kind. Love one another. Live well. The Michael Duke Show. Okay. Um, Okay. Uh, Well, good morning, folks. Thank you for being part of it today. As always, I appreciate you joining us. There's 35 a year or so here between all the chats. Thank you for coming in. We look forward to seeing you guys tomorrow on the program. Don't forget to check us out on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Michael Luke Show. If you want to help support the show, that's what just funded this whole studio upgrade, uh, is support from folks like you. And it's just going to keep getting better from here. I got a new camera I'm putting up here shortly. All right. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for coming in. We will see you tomorrow.
shed our terrestrial radio skin. And now we are slimy lizard internet people. It's the Michael Duke Show. 